the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, 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 we wake up. We go to work. We turn around and suddenly it's noon here on the East Coast and it's Friday, which is a great thing. Mike Opelka with you on Pure Opelka. Thank you for being here. Boy, there are a hundred different directions I can go to today. And some of them are some of them are, are, are enlightening, some of them are entertaining, some of them are angering, some of them are downright depressing. And some of them I hope I hope will make us all better, uh, better people, many different things. I, I will get into something that's really got me ticked off shortly. I want you to be a part of this program today. I want you to consider this a free-for-all Friday. You can call up about anything. If there's something you think we're not paying enough attention to, let's hear about it. Yeah, there's an update on Charlie Gard and, and what happened with his parents. Uh, there, there's an update Another shoe has fallen in the uh, Trump Jr. Russian meeting, and we'll get to that. But uh, be a part of this. Uh, Discuss, share, argue, everything. Uh, The the number is 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. And uh, also on Twitter, at StuntBrain. So many of you have jumped in on the Twitter and uh, so many of you have also decided to uh, participate in the vital questions, which I do appreciate. And I will get to today's vital question because I think it's an important one. I I think it's one that that I I also posted it on my personal Facebook account and um, that uh, that surprises me, the reaction that that has gotten um, it's, it's, um, a, a really interesting topic. So I, I'll jump into that, but the phones are open. 888-900-3393 at StuntBrain on Twitter. Uh, by the way, my channel on, on, the, the blaze. Ooh, we are catching up to Doc Thompson. Don't tell him, but we are targeting Doc Thompson. He had such a head start and, uh, you just go to theblaze.com. You see the channel section, my mug is currently at the top of the page, so you can click on it and easily follow me and be part of, part of that enterprise. But uh, the question that I, I began the day with today, the question I, I opened up my morning with was um, really following up on this fake outrage that, that festered overnight. This fake outrage from uh, many in the media decided that when President Trump yesterday complimented Brigitte Macron, the first lady of France, that um, it was wrong and horrible and the creepiest thing ever and all that stuff. So I put up the vital question, were you okay with the POTUS complimenting the French first lady on her physical appearance? He, He said, and I quote, you're in such good shape. Then looked at Emmanuel Macron and said, she's in such good physical shape. Beautiful. That's it. 
Now, if I walked up to somebody I had just met, a couple that, that we had just met in a social situation, I probably, uh, because of my, my upbringing and feelings, uh, I probably would not have said that just out loud. But I tend to think that Donald Trump comes from a different place. Now, is he schooled in diplomacy and, and the presidential kind of things he should be doing? Apparently not. But I wasn't outraged. I wasn't offended. I have a really good friend named Baltazar who used to get very upset when someone would say, you have a beautiful wife. He would get pretty much angry when that happened and say, oh, he's trying to sleep with my wife. I can't believe that. Instead of saying thank you and moving on. Not everybody's a creep. And some people are creeps. So, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a situational awareness that we have to, we have to look into here. But in, in just uh, four hours of this poll being up, I can tell you 5% of you are outraged. 86% are not offended. And there is a healthy 9% who can't decide. But I want to know where you stand. Because this was a thing. The, the problem I have with the mainstream media on this Donald Trump complimenting the first lady of France. He, first of all, he did it in front of his wife. So it wasn't like this was some creepy back bar moment. It was in front of all the cameras. It was, it was streamed on, on the president of France's Facebook account. It was Facebook Live. You just couldn't hear it because there, there was no microphone right up on it. So someone transcribed it and posted it there. But currently, 86% are not offended. There are a bunch of people who think it's inappropriate. There are a bunch of people who have responded to it and said, uh, yeah, I, ha I have a problem with it. And people have called the president things like a man-child, and they've talked about what he said because that seems to be a big problem. Um, and, you know, I think Donald Trump also is a part of a culture this, this culture of billionaires, and maybe this is obvious. Maybe this is obvious, uh, but um, Donald Trump probably has lived in this group of men who for decades have complimented each other on how attractive their wives are, whether it's their first, second, third, or fourth wife. Uh, in the case of Trump, he's on number three. In the case of Macron, I believe it's number one for him, but she is his second spouse. But I'm just saying that I believe that in this billionaire boys club, there probably is some value placed on the physical attractiveness of one's spouse. And Donald Trump probably has done this before. But I don't think it's a, 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 an earth-shattering moment, an offensive moment. But I'd love to hear from any of you on this. Um, the um, Fox News radio reporter Simon Owen, we've talked to in the past, uh, tweeted back at me this morning saying, I am very interested to hear the results of this. And we have another 17 hours. We'll give you the final results tomorrow morning on Pure Opelka. But... Uh, 
Simon. Simon is curious, and, and I think many people are. So that's why I posted it. But I, I wonder where you stand. And if you have a different opinion, of course, share it. Um, I'm not offended. I don't think it was like the highest moment of his visit there. But I'm not offended at all. It's a 71-year-old guy complimenting a, a 60-year-old woman uh, saying that she's in great shape. Big deal. Uh, and there are people, I have friends who are in their uh, late 50s and early 60s, both men and women, who think this is uh, wrong. My, my friend Carol Ann wrote, it's not outrageous, it's obnoxious. It's simply rude to remark on a woman's body regardless of intent, unless you're asked. Very good point. Very classic point. My, my friend Sherry, who is on the absolute other side of the political spectrum, wrote, Outrage, no. Embarrassed, yes. Poor form. And no class. Others think it's just uh, irritating. My friend Paul wrote to me early this morning, Trump is like having your drunk uncle show <laughs> show up when your fiancé and her parents are meeting your own for the first time. Your stomach is in a knot because it's not a, the question of it. It's when will he say something that will humiliate everyone? Well, Paul's not wrong. Paul is also very, very liberal. So um, there, there, I didn't know this, but apparently there's a Donald Trump sexism tracker. And uh, you can find all this. Uh, I'll tweet out a link to it. But I, I thought this was kind of fascinating. This came up just... Just uh, today, the Donald Trump sexism tractor, tracker. Um, the, the other issue that we have to talk about, the president and his visit to France, which I think has been a, uh, a pretty successful visit. I think this is a, a good trip for President Trump. I, I think he's done well. Uh, I didn't hear anything from the dinner last night except a couple of pictures. And yes, that was the dinner in, in uh, the Jules Verne restaurant. And so it's a, a restaurant that our chef friend referred to as the, the Red Lobster of France, of Paris. Um, and it looked like it was a pretty fancy dinner, but we'll see. Maybe there'll be some stuff released on that. But uh, the, the president's handshake has become the focus of so much talk. And I'm, I'm watching one of the big news nets. Yes, it is, it is CNN. And they're absolutely obsessed with the handshake. I will, I will get into that. Plus, we have waste, fraud, and abuse to get into. We have some really dumb things to get into, some irritating things. And uh, Billy Hallowell, Faithwire's Billy Hallowell, who got trapped on the subway yesterday, uh, promised me that we will get him at the bottom of the second hour today. So we'll hear from Billy. And we're happy to hear from you, 888-900-3393, When we get back, the handshake that shook the world or not. That's next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, and I am celebrating because uh, this this is officially the um, the third month, the start of the fourth month, where I have been taking Relief Factor and not taking anything that is meant to reduce pain. Relief Factor reduces irritation; it does it all naturally. And it, it reduces the inflammation, which is the cause of the pain. I had pain in my knees and my neck and my back and my hips. I was a griping old man. And in my late 50s, I got a hold of Relief Factor. Thank you, Brad Staggs. And I started taking it three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's all natural. It's fish oil. It's turmeric. It's, it's, it's spices that come together to work with your body to reduce the inflammation. So... Eight days after I started taking it in early April, I put down those, those gel caps that I was taking eight a day. Now no more. And I don't take prescription painkillers. And it, it's made a, a massive difference in my life. I'm, I'm able to get out more and do more. And I'm on the ground digging in the garden. I'm, I'm on the golf course walking and, and playing more golf without the pain and without the, the, the medication. It's all natural. What are you waiting for? Pick up the three-week quick start pack and see if it works for you. The way it's worked for me, for Brad, for Doc, for thousands of Blaze audience members. It's, it's Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or give them a call. They'll, they'll answer the questions. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's called Relief Factor. Most people see results in 7 to 10 days. Mine happened on day 8. And I celebrate it like a birthday because it's so much better to be without the pain and not to have to rely on any kind of medication. Check it out. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. Before we went away, I was talking about CNN. I know what you guys are saying. Mike, why do you watch CNN? Well, I know what Fox is going to say virtually every day. So I monitor CNN and MSNBC. I go back and forth. And um, interestingly enough, MSNBC seems to have elevated its game in terms of credibility. I know where they're going from the standpoint of an agenda, but I also, I also get a consistency out of them. It's, it's CNN that I find so frustrating. It's CNN that I, I find to be a little bit embarrassing. And for example, this morning in their very early morning program with Christine Romans and uh, another fellow whose name escapes me, they, um, they were watching the military parade that President Trump and the First Lady were observing. And uh, the, the fascinating thing here is that um, the CNN anchor... Christine Romans, who's usually a pretty good business reporter. She understands money and business and the stock market very well. And they promoted her from uh, the business reporter to the anchor. And I think that caused a problem because that, that empowered her. And this morning she's talking about the fact that the president and the first lady are in France to celebrate Bastille Day with the French Kind of an important day, 1789, when the French launched their own quest for revolution and freedom. 
kind of the way we did in 1776. It's a big day, but it also is the 100th anniversary of the United States of America getting into World War I and fighting alongside the French. And that, that was a big deal today. In the parade, there were American soldiers marching side by side with the French soldiers. There were American planes flying in formation over the parade. It, it was a big deal. This is our oldest ally. And frankly, if France had not sold us uh, the land they sold us with the Louisiana Purchase, the $10 million deal we got, uh, we'd be a different country today, wouldn't we? But for Christine Romans to get on television as an anchor and opine, as she did this morning, that uh, she believed President Macron invited Donald Trump in order... It's just almost, it's almost too stupid to say. In order to teach him of the importance of America's position in the world, she actually said that. She goes, you know, I think... I think Emmanuel Macron invited President Trump to be here on the 100th anniversary of America getting involved in World War I to show him how important America was to the rest of the world, how important America's leadership was to the rest of the world. Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? It's just, it's such an insult. And then CNN went on to obsess over One of the final handshakes between President Trump, President Macron, and the First Lady. There there was almost a full minute of obsession with just this one handshake. And I know they've talked about handshakes before. This is as it happened early this morning. You see all this pageantry. uh, Which, by the way, President Trump loves. Uh, and I think Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, knows that. Here's another handshake. Second handshake in less than five minutes. Watch it. Oh, they, <laughs> they're not. They're, this, nobody's letting go. Oh, it's, now they're arm wrestling. Wait a minute. What's happening here? This has morphed. Oh, it's a handshake hug. There's a lot happening. What? It's a double handshake. Okay. This is... This is the master of handshaking. I have to say, I, I, I would assume that both presidents actually um, enjoy now all the focus on their various handshakes and probably make a joke of it in private, given how much everyone has spoken of it. But I think, uh, you know, you can tell there is a new type of affection there. Another one. CNN actually did that today. CNN actually spent... Almost a full minute. It just in just that instance, ob- obsessing on the handshake between the president of the United States and the president of France. I'm surprised they didn't do a slow mo with like the telestrator and circle and go. Look, here's the proximity of Trump pulling the president's hand closer to his body, and then when when Donald Trump grasped the hand of the First Lady and the President at the same time. It seemed to, it seemed to really light up the CNN guys. Come on, guys. You claim to be the world leader in news? You've lost it, my friends. You've lost it. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a uh, Freestyle Friday. The phones are open. You're welcome to join the conversation. 888-900-3393. Rob in Florida's checking in. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks for taking my call, Mike. Uh, my-, two, my two cents on Trump's handshake and his comments. People are not making the correlation that Donald Trump, for what, decades, was the man behind Miss USA pageant, where everybody gawks at women in bikinis and gowns and whatnot, and the fact that he's 70 years old, I just find it more like he's an older guy that's very gregarious, and what his eye sees is maybe not what the liberal mainstream media sees, you know, of course, um, and then, of course, the handshake. I find it very engaging when someone grabs your hand and, you know, gives you some passion, not some wet bread, limp handshake. So <laughs> I've got no problem with either of the comments. Well, uh, two things on that, Rob. Uh, number one, on the the uh, 71-year-old man who did run a beauty pageant, who's used to gawking at women, who we've heard stories. Uh, my dad, who passed away just uh, seven months ago, was in his uh, late 80s and was a gentleman to the end. And he's a guy who actually served this country in the Navy. He's a guy who was around many locker room type situations. But he was a guy who was a gentleman to the end. So I think I think you can teach an old dog new tricks. And maybe maybe the president just doesn't think he needs to. But uh, I, you, the, the beauty pageant thing is an interesting twist on it because you're right. He did, he did own and operate the Miss Universe pageant for years. So interesting. Now, on the handshake, much has been made prior to this about the fact that when Donald Trump would meet someone, when they would grasp hands and, and clutch the hands together, he would frequently pull the person to him which I found interesting. And uh, Monday, I promise you, uh, I will ask Dr. Wendy Patrick about this because she's a body language expert and she will know what the heck that means. I bet it's an alpha dog thing. You know, I think it's right. Yeah. It's pulling him into his space. Think about the blue collar jobs that he's been, you know, over the years and and building buildings and how many times has he met countless foremen and, and workers for that matter. And I personally, again, just don't like a wet noodle handshake. I'd rather have somebody shake my hand and let me know that they're, you know, they're communicating with me that way. I don't find it offensive. I think it's uh, an asset. Well, I'm, I'm with you on a firm handshake. And, and uh, a pre- Rob, what part of Florida, first of all? Uh, Orlando area. Okay. We, we like that area. You might see a kid yeah, playing tennis in that area. Keep your eyes open I'm, for him. I'm in the dangerous I-4 corridor of confused voters. Well, please keep up the good work. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Let's ch- change some minds if we can. Have a great weekend, Rob. Uh, John is in Billings, I think it is. Is it Billings, Montana? John, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Well, can you, you might be. You might be the first call from Montana, John. I'm not sure. 
but you might be. So welcome to the we're, program. We're What's on between up here? Well, you know, they say there are more cattle than people in your state. Is that true? <laughs> That's right. We have people in the whole state. We include the cows. <laughs> well, John, what's on your mind this fabulous Friday? Well, well, I uh, it's going to be kind of a drying turn from the handshake, but I was just excited. Uh, I was flipping through the news, and I went to Daily Wire and noticed uh, breaking news said that little Charlie Guard is going to be able to uh, come to the U.S. for uh, treatment. So I hadn't seen that. You're saying that Daily Wire is is uh, telling us that Charlie Guard is going to be released to America? Yes, sir. And I'm I'm beyond excited. It's, you know, prayers for his family. And, you know, I know there's a lot of aspects to it. There's, of course, the socialized medicine. There's a cultural aspect. And uh, just the fact that the outpouring of support they've had. And, you know, I know uh, Glenn was talking about it a lot. So I'm just, I'm super excited. And I hope, you know, obviously I hope that everything goes well for him. But just the fact that the judge would allow it is just, uh, is so amazing. Well, I can tell you from uh, from my friends who are in England, the report from the court was the phone call from the American doctors who tried to plead with this judge had yeah. um, had some sway over the judge. And I didn't hear about this decision. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm behind a couple hours behind. I was chasing some other stories. But this is great news. Uh, the the uh, 11 month old. Now, here's part of me always says, you know, a judge, um, if if you would have made this decision a month ago or if this hadn't been a decision at all, it would have been two months ago and yeah. they would have been able to take Charlie away. So the yeah. this is breaking news. The British judge will allow U.S. physician Michio Hirano to examine Charlie. I don't know if they're going to let him take him away. They're going to allow an oh. American american doctor to examine him let's let's be clear yeah, this yeah. is going they're not going to let him fly out yet but i okay. see this is what gets me this is to me they're just delaying it until poor little charlie dies that's what and, i don't understand like you said i mean it could have been taken care of months ago and they decided to drag it out and you know i read the reports about them storming out of the courtroom i mean just the pain that they've gone through you know and here in america we've got compassion i mean we we have we have a lot of say over what we do with our children and there the government says, you know, that to me is really scary. Yeah, this is death panel, straight up death panel. So there, there's no other way around it. And, uh, but, but this is good news. I jumped, I jumped to conclusions there a little bit early. I'm sorry. I was excited, but instead of releasing Charlie, the judge is oh. going to allow the doctor to come examine Charlie. Okay. Well, and, I, just, I saw the headline and I was just, oh, gosh, I got to call the program because I know you guys have been uh, covering it a lot. And, you know, I know it's garnered worldwide attention. Of course, uh, Trump has pleaded and uh, the Vatican. So, you know, I think it, it, it definitely all of the support, you know, really, really helped a lot. And, you know, I mean, I wonder without without um, the Vatican or Trump, you know, or or any of us, you know, wh where would this have gone? I mean, would they have would they have changed their minds? Would they have? you know, stay the same course, I wonder. Yeah, I think without America and conservatives weighing in on this, I think this case would have been over and done, and uh, Charlie would have been forced to die on the uh, timeline of the British system, and this would have been a very different story. So to everybody who did anything from call a congressperson to say a prayer, 
to tell their friends and neighbors about it. Uh, you should all take credit in this. At least, at least we got the American doctor to be allowed to examine Charlie. I'm still not happy with this result. Charlie should have been on a plane two weeks ago when this yes. show first started talking about it. Charlie should have yes. been on a plane coming to America to try this treatment because in, in, at the time when he was 10 months old, Charlie, Charlie's life, that, that wasted five, six weeks, whatever it's been, that could have yeah. meant the world to him in terms every of taking matters. care of You know, Charlie. when you're fighting something that tough, every single second. Yeah, I, I completely understand it. Well, I, I so appreciate it. What, what kind of a weekend and weather have you got going on in Billings, Montana, John? I'm curious. Hot and dry, hot and dry. Uh, we, we had a really uh, real deal winter, as we call it up here. We had a lot of snow. I think we were the third or fourth snowiest, and uh, we're, we're pretty glad to be out. But we went straight from winter to summer, and I wasn't ready. It's about 100 degrees already, and we're just not used to it up here. Ooh. Well, we've got air you can wear, as they say. We, we've, got, we've got major humidity going on here in the yeah. northeast corner. It's just a dry heat. Remember, that's just a dry heat here. <laughs> well, it's, it's like I always say, John, it's not the heat, it's the stupidity. Trust me, <laughs> right. there's plenty of it. Well, thank you for calling in, John. Don't be a stranger. Um, oh. are you, have you listened to the show in the past? I have uh, for a few years now, and I actually just want to make a quick point about that, that actually uh, I'd voted for Obama twice uh, when, I was in, when I was in high school. And, money. and uh, then it was just the cool thing to do, and I really didn't – I wasn't into politics. I just voted because that's what people were doing, you know, and that's what – oh, you, you know, he's going to change the world. Obama's going to really do all this stuff. And, well, you know, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Oh really came to fruition so i just started listening to you guys and just kind of digging deeper and trying to you know just think for myself and and figure out what i want what my vision for america is and you know uh i was i was kind of a cruise guy to begin with actually i went straight from obama to cruise <laughs> and which is wow. kind of a jarring thing but uh you know we got trump and I'm, I'm excited for him and you know they just need to get off their laurels in congress you know, we need to call in and ride into the congressman and see what we can get done. Because, I mean, you guys changed my mind and just uh, conservative media. So it, it's been awesome. Well, I I appreciate the admission. I appreciate the support. And uh, have you heard Ernesto, uh, our, our military friend who walked across most of the country last year? Yes. I You know what? Since, since you've made the trans- transformation... Um, we we got a bunch of shirts from Ernesto. I want to send you one of them just as a way of saying thank you for oh, being great, out man. there. So hang on. Don't go anywhere, John. We're going to get your info, and we'll get you one of those uh, shirts from uh, Ernesto. And these are the ones they just made. They're all handmade, so everyone is different. And take comfort in knowing that they will be helping save veterans because that's what this oh, that's this charity does. And it's it's part of my mission this year is to – Use some of my economic power to spread spread good <laughs> deeds and and good news. So uh, hang on Absolutely. a second, I'll sir. We'll get time. your information, and uh, the right. rest of us will be back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Before we jump on the phone with Lisa from Florida, let me remind you, uh, looking for life insurance? I am. And so guess what I'm doing? I'm actually going through the process with a very new, innovative, and I think brilliant type of life insurance option. I'm talking about HealthIQ.com. The folks from HealthIQ said, wait a minute, it's not fair that insurance companies only use your age and your gender. Your, your life should be a part of it. Your, your healthcare footprint, your knowledge of health and health conscious people should get a better deal. So they took all this time looking through data about people who are smart about their health care and smart about their health and health conscious. And they, they pitched it to the biggest insurance companies around. And guess what? The insurance companies went, you know, that makes great sense. So Health IQ was born. They use science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for people like you and me who are health conscious. So something as simple as, uh, do you run? Do you walk? Do you eat healthy? Could save you money on life insurance. So go to healthiq.com slash blaze healthiq.com slash the blaze both work and you can get a free quote you have to take a little quiz it takes a couple of minutes i took the quiz i got a score i'll tell you my score another day but i did pretty good and then uh i had a phone call with one of their consultants so i'll be having my mini physical i think it's next tuesday we have scheduled it So they'll be coming by and doing the final step. And if everything works out, I'm going to get a great rate from a major carrier. And if you're looking for life insurance like this, a check, check with them online right now, healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. What are you waiting for? Lisa's on the phone from Florida, I think. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, is this your first time calling? Nope. That's okay. All but right. I'm sorry. Not, not not a lot either. That's okay. I just wanted on the Charlie Guard case was interesting. My sister-in-law, who, lovely people, by the way, they live over in the UK, um, and she's a nurse. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, she's sixty, so she's you know has been through the been through the system there for quite some time. I thought, let me ask, let me ask her opinion of what she thought. And the response I got back, I actually had, a, I couldn't respond to her. And it was not a, it, it was, it was an interesting email she sent. And it said, my question was to her, since this is in your ballywoo, what is your opinion about the Charlie Guard case? I'm curious. And she writes back, whilst I feel for the parents, the treatment offered by the USA medics, it will apparently only improve him by 10%. And as he has no muscle movement, can't breathe on his own, is blind and deaf, can't feel any pain, and has no sense of his surroundings, I feel the boy would be a permanent vegetable. I feel that the battle the parents are having will make them have problems grieving should they lose as they have spent the past 11 months fighting. A parent who has a ch- has children has a child with similar issues was on TV last night telling her story of looking after her child with such an illness. She is asking doctors to withdraw medication. 
so that her daughter may slip away peacefully instead of suffering. This girl is now 10. Well, um, Lisa, I'm I'm up against a, a, a hard wall here on a break. That letter outlines to me the reason why we have to fight for Charlie Gard's parents. It's their decision, ultimately, and it's not the government. So I'm I'm so appreciative right. of you reading that. It's it just tells you why this this it's this topic mindset. is so hot. They believe something so differently than what we believe. They do, and and we have yeah. to keep keep praying for them. We'll be keep right praying. back. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, I'm here, and you're there, and, and it's Friday, so why shouldn't we be happy? Yes, this is the Blaze Radio Network, Pure Opelka, second hour of the program today, and uh, it, there's there, <laughs> there's a bunch of different places, a bunch of different directions I could go this hour, and uh, we will have Billy Hallowell joining us at the bottom of the hour. Billy was supposed to be here yesterday on Throwback Thursday. I was trying to, trying to make him... Uh, you know, uh, a guest on a regular basis on Thursdays to do something we want to call the faith lift, where we will focus on stories that kind of kind of have a faith component to them because we're people who have faith components to our own lives. And so uh, bottom of the hour, Billy Hallowell, I, I want to talk about uh, some some craziness, some real craziness. And by the way, since since it is a Friday and it's a free-for-all Friday and you're allowed to uh, jump in on any conversation, any level, 888 900 It's a crazy day. Something happened. Something happened, uh, I think it was yesterday in New York. And um, this is a New York City councilman named Cabrera, a New York City councilman named Cabrera, who was speaking to a crowd of supporters. And um, anytime you can get um, a New York City councilman, uh, this guy's from the Bronx, District 14th, and he talks about peace, justice, and unity when he talks to his, his constituents. Uh, but as a, as a city council member, Fernando Cabrera frequently appears in public and talks about the things that he and his party are accomplishing. Well, um, he said something worth paying attention to. And I, I think this is head-scratchingly stupid. Is that a phrase we can use? I think so. Head-scratchingly stupid from New York City Democratic Councilman uh, Fernando Cabrera. Do you know it's harder being rich than being poor? I know you don't believe what I just said. I, I'm kind of stunned at what you just said. Can we go over that again, Fernando? Fernando Cabrera 
Speaking to constituents, he represents the 14th district in New York City in the Bronx. The Bronx, to those of you outside of New York. Uh, he just said it's harder being rich than being poor. I, what, wait, what? Yes, he has reasons behind this, and he will give them to you. Do you know it's harder being rich than being poor? I know you don't believe what I just said. It's also harder being smart than it is being stupid. Maybe not. <laughs> it's harder to get to being smart than it is harder to get to being stupid. Anybody can be stupid. You just have to be not smart. This is unbelievable. But wait, there's more. Okay, I'll promise. I'm not going to stop. And it's 45 seconds of progressive Bravo Sierra right here. Do you know it's harder being rich than being poor? I know you don't believe what I just said. But being rich, you got more responsibility. You have more things. When you work nine to five and you just maintaining, okay, I got my thing. When you are rich, you have more things to worry. Millionaire people, they have a lot of stuff to worry about, more stuff to manage, more stuff. It's really there, got there because of their ability to handle more pressure. Every CEO, every president that got in there and stayed there is because of their ability to handle pressure. They had increased their capacity. You know why your boss pays you what, what he pays you? Because of your capacity. I, I, just, I just think we may have heard, seen, as I'm watching it here, the dumbest thing of the week. Seriously. The dumbest thing of the week. Could there possibly be something dumber than what this city councilman just said? Is it, is it possible that now, now let's remember the people of New York elected this guy to represent them. And he wants you all to know. And why is he doing this? Why do you think this guy is saying this to people? Why is he actually telling people in his constituent base that it's harder being rich than being poor? Is it because he wants them to accept their lot in life? Is that what this is? Is that seriously what's going on here? It seems like he blames, blames low wages on laziness because he said your boss pays you what he pays you because of your capacity. In other words, if you can't do anymore, you're not going to get anymore. Well, somebody finally understands the concept of capitalism. Somebody finally understands that you should be paid according to your abilities and not based on some sort of social justice. Everybody gets the same thing. So there is a message in there that actually does kind of make sense. But the rest of this is the craziest crap I have heard anywhere today. I'm sorry, I got to play the whole thing one more time. Do you know it's harder being rich than being poor? You're I know you don't me. believe what I just said. But being rich, you got more responsibility. You have more things. When you work nine to five and you just maintaining, okay, I got my thing. Well, you are rich. You have more things to worry. Millionaire people, they have a lot of stuff to worry about, more stuff to manage, more stuff. It's really there, got there because of their ability to handle more pressure. Every CEO, 
every president they got in there and stayed there is because of their ability to handle pressure they had increased their capacity you know why your boss pays you what what he pays you because of your capacity that's about the only part of that i actually agree with your boss pays you what he pays you because of your capacity you do a better job your boss will pay you more but as far as the beginning of this that's saying it's harder to be rich than poor that you, 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 don't, you have more to worry about when you're rich. I go back to uh, our life growing up when, when there were nine kids in a house and we weren't rich. We weren't poor, but we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. We had bikes, not cars, when you turned 16, unless you went out and got a job and bought it yourself. But I, I guarantee you, my mom, with her nine kids, worried more about those nine kids than the rich people that we knew. And they might have had more stuff, but it wasn't more stuff to worry about. This is the most twisted story I've heard today. It's harder being rich than being poor. And if you've got your nine to five, you're not worried about anything. You're just going home and saying, I got my thing. Who who are we electing? Can you imagine the decisions this guy makes in the city council of New York? I once again thank you God for allowing us to get the hell out of New York City before it becomes Venezuela. Because you know that's happening. You know that's coming on down the pike. That is the by far the dumbest thing I have heard this week. And this is from an elected official. Oh, my God. There's, there's more stupid today, but I wanted to share that one with you. If you can top that stupid, you're more than welcome to join the conversation. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. You're probably wondering, Mike, is there anything dumber than that? <laughs> Why, thanks for asking. Yes, there is. It was uh, just a couple of weeks ago that uh, the city of Philadelphia announced that, that they were in the middle of Gay Pride Month. I'm sorry, it's Pride Month because we have to include everybody. LGBTQ, RSTVUYWXYZ. Um, the city of Philadelphia was going to be bringing rainbow crosswalks to Philadelphia rainbow crosswalks because that's going to solve the problems that's going to fix everything so in Philadelphia there there's a section of Philadelphia that has a a concentration of of gay people lgbtqrstvuwxyz community and in this community, it is known uh, to the people in Philadelphia, and pr pretty commonly so, the newscasters call it this, they call it the gayberhood. It's not a neighborhood, it's the gayberhood. And I'm sure if somebody who was uh, like a super straight anti-gay person called it the gayberhood, they'd be called out for saying a derogatory term. But no, everybody in Philly seems to have wrapped their heads around this, and they've all accepted that the, the neighborhood in 13th and Locust Streets those are, those are fondly known, the, those blocks, as the gayberhood. So 
the city decided that they were going to do something uh, sort of eye-catching. And they were going to paint the rainbows on the crosswalks. Not a bad idea, I guess, if you're trying to say, hey, this is the neighborhood that is more gay-friendly than any other neighborhood. So, boom, they painted the crosswalks there. And the, the estimated cost of this for the crosswalks to be painted with, with the rainbow flag was $26,000. And I thought, yeah, okay. I'm sure Philly's going to find a place to get $26,000. And it turns out, if you read the reporting by the Philadelphia Gay News, I'm sure it's on all of your newsstands, that um, the Gaberhood Rainbow Crosswalks actually cost less than that. Huh. How is it, how is it that, uh, that they're able to, to make that less expensive than any other government program? Because if they're able to do it and, uh, and they're able to keep doing it, uh, good for them and let them work on other government projects if you're that efficient. Well, this thing of painting the crosswalks with the LGBTQRSTVUWXYZ uh, rainbow caught the attention of other cities. But here's what I want to know. If you're doing this, if you're, if you're painting your crosswalks now to, to indicate uh, the, your pride in pride, whatever, have you solved all the other problems if you're spending extra money on this? Really, have you solved all the problems? Because um, in, in Georgia, in Atlanta, where they, they've been sparring over budgets lately because the city is trying to make sure they have enough money, they have a $500 million budget, and they've been going back and forth arguing over where they're going to spend their money. They finally look like they've come to grips with it, and they've... Um, They've adjusted everything they need to do. And, and it looks like Atlanta's actually in fairly decent shape. But I know every city has, has problems and places they should, they should focus their spending. But um, the rainbow crosswalks are now in Atlanta. Atlanta has followed up on what Philly did. And the intersection of 10th Street and Piedmont Avenue. So it looks like one... One crosswalk, one crosswalk, $198,000. Why could it be done in Philadelphia, a city with infinitely greater union presence and an infinitely greater focus on uh, government doing more and spending more? Why was Philly able to actually bust the initial budget of 26000 when Atlanta spends almost two hundred grand on this? Well, Atlanta's saying, of course, that covers maintenance for a year. So that's 200000 a year? You know, uh, Philly could paint it fresh every month for a year based on what they paid. The mayor says the project does not take away any money from funding to repair Atlanta's roads and folks who talk about potholes and other things. That's a false choice because we did the rainbow doesn't mean we're not filling potholes. Just because we did the rainbow. 
doesn't mean we're not filling potholes. But have you solved all the other problems in the city, Mayor? Is everything else in Atlanta okay? I'm just asking. It's, it's enough already. We all know we're all accepting. It's all good. $200,000 for a crosswalk. Seriously, even Philly did it for about a tenth of that. Philly, Uniontown, Northeast, expensive. Come on, Atlanta. You're better than that. Michael Pelka and Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, just around the corner from our uh, hopefully regular visit with Billy Hallowell from Faithwire, former Blaze Faith editor, a colleague that we stayed in touch with, one of the one of the nicer people in the free world, and uh, I love to call him a demon, but he is a nice guy. Um, just. Just a gem of a human being. Of course, when I get on the air with him, we'll have to call him something completely different. Uh, I, I will get to the Trump stuff and uh, the reason I'm 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 kind of getting a little fed up with the slow drip of this story. Just a little fed up, but that's coming up later in the show. A, a big auction next week. On the 20th, so that would be next next Thursday, there's kind of a huge auction. This is kind of cool. Sotheby's has a NASA auction happening. And um, this is a um, an auction that deals with a, a lot of our moon stuff. One of the highlights of this auction, happening obviously on the 20th anniversary of Apollo 11, when Neil Armstrong set foot on the moon... For those of us who actually believe we went to the moon, one small step for a man and one giant leap for mankind, there is a 12-inch by 8.5-inch pouch that Neil Armstrong used to scoop up rocks and dust. And um, it's, uh, it's estimated to go for $2 million. The white bag has the words, Lunar Sample Return on the side. And um, this, this is interesting. This appeared two years ago at a seized assets auction on behalf of the U.S. Marshals Service. And uh, one, one of the geology buffs scooped it up for $995, sent it to NASA for authentication. They have refused to giving it back, saying uh, no. But the, the person who scooped it up, Nancy Lee Carlson, won the legal battle. So it could net $2 million on, on a $1,000 investment. There's a whole bunch of other stuff in there. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there are typewritten notes from Russian cosmonaut Yuri Alexievich following his 1961 journey aboard Vostok 1. Uh, much going on. These are, these are some great artifacts from the space age. And as a kid of the space age, 
somebody watched the moon landing and, and the man on the moon with my grandfather. I'm curious to see what the heck this brings. Just a little sidebar item. When we get back, uh, Billy Hallowell, my buddy from Faithwire, he has a couple of really interesting stories, and I'm not sure if he has an update on the Charlie Guard story. We'll tell you what we have found out this morning, or this afternoon, as it were, and uh, we'll we'll dig into a little bit of um, a little bit of the God stuff. It's a faith lift on a Friday. I'm Pure Opelka. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, and uh, the swirl is continuing in Washington, D.C., as, as this latest breaking news about a, quote, former Russian counterintelligence officer, close quote, who was in the meeting with Donald Trump Jr. and Paul Manafort and uh, Kushner and that Russian lawyer. This now gets drizzled out today. We'll, we'll dive into that in a little bit. I've got a bigger fish to fry. Our buddy, our pal, my former colleague, Billy Hallowell from Faithwire is joining us on the phone. Uh, You know, Billy and I stayed in touch even after he left the blaze. And uh, despite despite his abandonment, uh, I've stayed in touch with him just because I think I can save him. I think that it's part of my mission. So welcome back, sir. Oh, Palka. Oh, Palka. Uh, have you told I know I heard you told everybody that I was a total disgrace because I uh, I missed yesterday's show, which I which I'm so sorry about. I apologize. Well, the best part of it, and I saved all the text messages in case they're ever <laughs> subpoenaed, uh, is that you're declaring yourself an idiot. Well, yeah, I mean, I do that all the time, though. And, and yes, I am an idiot. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yesterday was a ridiculous day. That was um, idiocy of my own making. So, yes, I did admit that to you, Opelka, and I'm glad that you shared it with the world. I actually well, got see, a text about that. <laughs> he, here's, here's what I think is, is at play here, and I think it's, it's a fault of, of you. You actually try to do too much, and that's not a bad thing. But Billy Hallowell is the kind of guy that when media people like myself – or um, our, our old buddy, another former colleague, Andrew Wilcall, when we reach out, you try to do everybody. And then because you're in New York City and you rely on the subway, you know you're going to get screwed over by the city and get stuck somewhere in a sweaty uh, subway car trapped underneath 6th Avenue somewhere, and you're going to be late for something, if not everything. So it's, it's just that New is York true. is the problem, not Billy Hallowell. It, it, well, no, it's a Billy Hallowell problem. Too. I think in my head I can do this. I have a half an hour to get there. But, yeah, in New York, a half an hour might not be enough. And 
you know, you know how it is. There's always something else that creeps up. And so I apologize. I left you hanging yesterday, but I'm here today. So you should be happy, right? Well, you know, we're big on forgiveness here. I don't know if you knew that, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's one of the things that at least I'm big on because I want eventually people to forgive me. <laughs> and it might not happen that quickly. Hey, a question. Did you hear the breaking news about the Charlie Guard story? Uh, about the doctor who's going to be flying out there? Yeah, and I'm happy that they're going to let the doctor come out, but I really think this is just slowing it down until Charlie dies. I hate to say that, but it's really infuriating to me. What is so insane about this, and we've, and I know people have talked this to death, is that, I mean, to me, the reality is when you have a situation in the U.S. when a parent won't treat their child for religious reasons and the government steps in, that is completely different from parents wanting to treat their child and being prevented by the government, even though everyone's saying it's the hospital, it's not the government. I mean, we can go through who owns health care in the U.K. if everybody wants to have that conversation. But the, why we wouldn't allow parents to take their child out of a hospital after they've raised $2 million and fly that child somewhere to a doctor, just like the doctors at that hospital who is highly qualified, to give an experimental treatment that might have even a small chance of improving this kid's life. Why we won't allow that? I, can't, I cannot figure this out. But I do think that we're seeing a little lens into the future of what America could end up being like at some point. And I think it's terrifying, to be honest. It, it is terrifying. And you're, you're absolutely right to make that comparison about what, what if a parent refused treatment to a child? We all know the government steps in, but now it's a parent wanting to treat a child and the government stepping in and saying, oh, no, you can't. So I, I'm, it's, we're going to be watching all weekend, but I sadly think, and I've been kind of overwhelmed with this feeling ever since we heard about this, this latest development, I'm kind of overwhelmed, Billy, with the feeling that they're just delaying so that this, this child can die, and then they can say, see, see, we told you. And it, it's, well, yeah, of course. it's not right. Of course. And I think you know, really what, what is happening here is we have a situation where the government thinks it knows best. And we have it's just insane. If there were no doctors willing to treat him, if there was no no private money willing to pay for it, you know, it might be a different situation. If there was zero hope, I mean, obviously, there's nobody to treat this kid. But now the doctor who wants to treat him is actually going to fly all the way from New York over to the U.K., to assess him and see whether or not this because, by the way, this doctor hasn't really seen the kid yet. He hasn't examined him yet. So this will be the first time that happens and he will give an assessment to the court. I just it's it boggles my mind that this is where we are right now and that we have people on Twitter. I'm seeing people because I've been saying some things about this and, and I'm getting these responses from people in the UK who are accusing me of attacking their health care system. That's not what I'm attacking at all. What I'm saying is when you give the government full power and control and they're running health care and you're going to the courts to try to have a remedy, you're going to the very government that essentially owns the health care system that has made a decision. So good luck getting very far in that system. That, that's a very scary thing. And I, I feel for those parents. Well, I, I am attacking the British health care system. So if if you have anybody that you want to direct me to fire away, but let's 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 continue on this adventure. You posted a story on faithwire.com about this stunning find about the human brain and proving the timeless wisdom of the Bible. 
Yeah, I love this because, you know, the Bible tells us give, give to others, you know, love your fellow man, do things for others, help those in need. And there's this really interesting study out. It came out a few days ago. It's uh, titled A Neural Link Between Generosity and Happiness. And it's a pretty small sample size in fairness. It's only about 50 people. But these researchers, they looked at, at the human brain and they basically gave these 50 people, they split them in half. And they gave them a lump sum of money, and they told them that they're going to give them this money every week, and half of them were supposed to give the money to somebody else to be generous with the money. The other half were supposed to spend the money on themselves. And basically, what these researchers discovered was that those who gave the money to somebody else who were generous were much happier as a result overall than those who were spending the money on themselves. And they measured the happiness levels before the experiment. So it wasn't something that you know, these people were happy beforehand. It was actually, they believe this act of giving the money and being generous, making these people happier. So it sort of backs up what we already knew. You know, I think a lot of us want to hold on to our money and our things and, you know, we don't want to give them up, but we do know that when we do that, it doesn't just benefit the person who you're giving it to. It also can benefit us. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing. That's a great message. But, you know, frankly, Billy, whoever these people are, they got this money to conduct this study. They could have just read Scrooge. <laughs> that is so you know, true. Dickens told so us this. Forget. Yeah. But we forget. We, and and we here's do. the thing. I love that science I love that science validates so many of the things we already know. I, I, particularly when it comes, you know, to faith and the elements of faith and people dismiss the Bible and all but then we have these these studies that come out and it's like, yeah, here here we are. These very things that have been taught for thousands of years actually are true. Can you imagine? Um. (laughs) Yeah. Who who knew? You know, Ted Cruz's dad used to say, "You pick up the Bible, and it's it's really an operating manual. Read the thirty lessons in Proverbs over and over again, and just take one a day, and follow that." You know, there are playbooks there that that hold up. And we're talking to Billy Hallowell from Faithwire. If this works out, you know, this kind of audition thing, we might have him back on Fridays to do a Faithlift Friday thing, depending on his ability to find his way from the subway to his office. It's, it's really a scary thing. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's, well, look, look at you talking up big now that you don't have to live in New York. Oh, I'm very happy. I'm so happy we don't live in New York. You know, I miss alternate side of the street urination. I have to tell you that. <laughs> and that it's mystery just... smell that extends from May to October every year. That you oh, just my God. And then you when while you walk over a sewer grate... There's something going on underneath New York City that is akin to Ghostbusters 2, you know, with that green river of slime that's underneath the city. And there's something and the cooking down there. The smoke. What is the smoke that's constantly coming out of it? And, you, and you're stuck. Sometimes you're stuck breathing it in. And you're like, what in the world am I? Is this, you know, I don't even know. Is it some form of arsenic that is coming up that I'm breathing in? I don't even know. It's but, the opposite um, of the no, contrails. I, I would love to come back. It's the opposite of the contrails that Alex Jones talks about. Ah, it's the smoke coming up from underneath city. It's controlling okay, I, everybody. I heard Alex Jones and I was done. So that that was it. I'm I'm done. All right, one. I got I'm. I know it's tight time. I I got to get one more story out of you. This story about we talked about forgiveness. The mom's forgiveness for the man who killed her daughter. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is crazy. This girl Summer Lee died in a car accident, and her mother at the sentencing for the guy who, who hit this girl, you know, it was a, it was a car crash. Um, the guy was, his name's Daniel Crane. 
he is being forced by a judge as part of um, his sentencing to carry around a photo of Summer. Um, now, it's a really tragic case, but the reason the judge chose to have him carry around that photo is he wants it to be a reminder. And he was very moved, this judge, because Summer's mother got up in the courtroom at the sentencing and offered forgiveness. She read a statement and offered forgiveness to this man um, who in this accident had taken her daughter's life and really just a sad situation, but it does show the power of forgiveness. And in an interview um, after the fact, she said, you know, I know that my faith requires me to forgive him and I have to, and I have to do this. And so I think, you know, it's a real test of our conviction. We can say we're going to forgive, but when you see somebody like this who's lost a child able to stand up in a courtroom and offer that forgiveness, it doesn't get much more powerful than that. Uh, that's a huge statement. And it's something that, you know, I, it, when I carry little grudges against people, I need to be reminded with stories like this. So thank you. Cause it, it just to let go is going to open you up to so much better stuff just to, just to release it and say, it's okay. I forgive not, you. And it also makes just, you the bigger person. It's like me saying to you, I forgive you for stiffing us yesterday. <laughs> and, <it's> not, <laughs> and forgiveness <laughs> isn't just for the, the other person. It's really for you. You've got to heal yourself. You can't let that other person control you with anger forever, you know, as hard as, as, hard as that is. And so I think that's the – and look, you, you look at the forgiveness we've all been given, and you've got to kind of be a little bit convicted by that. So I love, I love these stories, and I think this mom is great. Well, it's wonderful. two wonderful stories. I'll tweet out links to them. Billy Hallowell, where's the best place to find you? Is it Twitter or somewhere else? You can find me on Twitter at Billy Hallowell, and also you've got to go to faithwire.com for a ton of great faith and culture stories. I, I enjoy it. I'm there regularly, and I appreciate you, and I miss you like a front tooth, my friend. <laughs> I miss you too, Opelka. Have I'll a be great back weekend, Billy. Have... Come, come back soon. Bye. <laughs> there he goes. Billy Hallowell. Uh, Faithwire.com is where you can find his stuff. Just great stories, uplifting, and things we need on a Friday. Things we need every day. And what do we need right now? A break. We'll be right back. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Let's get this straight. I've been talking about uh, Relief Factor for about three months now, and it's been working for me for exactly three months and uh, one day. So uh, it kicked in on the eighth day, and I'm very happy about it. But don't take my word for it. Jay and Linda actually came by the Blaze offices and talk to us about their experience with the all-natural anti-inflammatory relief factor. I've got constant pain in both knees and uh, in my left hip. It's just been miserable pain and I would just endure it until I was almost in tears and crawling along the backside of the couch for support. So I ordered it and Linda came home and I said, I got this for us. In about two weeks, 10 days to two weeks for both of us, we noticed the difference. All of a sudden I had to start thinking, when was the last time I really felt that sciatica pull? When was the last time I was very uncomfortable by the end of the day? It has made a difference just the way I get up out of bed and getting out of a chair. Think about that. Getting out of bed and getting out of a chair changed 
because you got the three-week quick start pack for 1995. Go to relieffactor.com. Go there. Find out. Check out Relief Factor or call them at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It works for me. It works for Jay and Linda and thousands of other Blaze listeners. Relief Factor. Check it out. Coming up next hour. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I yelled at California earlier in the week because they're, they're paying um, their Board of Ed almost double what teachers make. And the Board of Ed is not happy. Well, there, there's another crime in, in payment in education that I have to point out, and we'll get to that. Uh, we also have some black pastors who have decided to sue Coca-Cola. And, and you won't believe why. You might guess why. But the, we've got to get into that story. And um, I don't know if... I don't know if I can, well, I can't explain this one in the time I have remaining, but we, we have a little mission we have to do. Plus, it is, a, uh, it is a Freestyle Friday. If you want to discuss anything, you can pick up the phone and, and talk to us here. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Of course, I have the Cash for Clunker story, too. And the other time, the Russians tried to get a Democrat elected. We'll talk about that next hour on Pure Pelka. Come on back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's going to be the lightning round. This hour is going to be the lightning round. There's so many topics to cover and so many things that are happening that we have to talk about today. Leading most of the newscasts today, you're going to hear this this latest bit of news that the Donald Trump Jr. meeting from uh, June of 2016 now included other people aside from the Russian lawyer and uh, Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort and Don Jr., now we know there may, may have been as many as four other people in this meeting, including a Russian lobbyist who had um, intel ties and a translator and uh, Goldstone and another person. So when are we going to get the truth? Seriously, I want to give the Trump administration the benefit of the doubt, but you're kind of hurting us. You're really hurting us. Glenn Beck, two days ago, Glenn Beck came out with a really solid explanation of what Donald Trump should do. Were he Donald Trump on this? And now this seems to undercut and undermine. And, and we're hearing the Associated Press has confirmed 
that this Russian lobbyist with the intelligence ties was at the meeting. Now, was this because, and let's just put this in your head, was this because the Russians suspected this might be a setup to get the FBI involved in this meeting? Does this mean the Russians were were out to do something? They were trying to mess with the Trump campaign, but they also wanted to wanted to see if uh, if this was a sting. I just wonder. See, the Russians have been involved in in this kind of activity forever and ever and ever, including back when we called them the Soviets, because Russia was the epicenter of communism with the Union of Soviet Socialists Republic with all of the all of the other countries that they had swirled around and sucked into the vortex of communism. And it was back in 1960 when Nikita Khrushchev, the guy who was the Soviet premier, he wanted John F. Kennedy to be president because Nixon would have been a little too difficult. A little too difficult. And uh, they reportedly sent operatives from the Soviet Union to try and contact the Kennedy campaign. Khrushchev came to believe that apparently any candidate would be better than Nixon. Anybody, a blender would have been better than Nixon. And Khrushchev and, and Nixon had already had a confrontation. And uh, the, the, the KGB followed the election very closely. And according to a report from Katie O'Reilly at Time, the KGB sent an agent to try and reach out to the Kennedy campaign. The campaign kind of blocked it. And so um, apparently Nikita Khrushchev decided that when Nixon tried to negotiate for the release of two captured U.S. pilots, he was shoved aside. And then finally, when Kennedy won and Khrushchev met him for the very first time, Khrushchev basically claimed credit for this, telling Kennedy, quote, we voted for you, close quote. So it's not the first time. The Soviets have a history of this, and, and you know, we do too. We've been involved in stuff like this forever and ever and ever. We always want to get our friends elected. We always want to get the people who will be sympathetic or empathetic or cooperative with the U.S. agenda into office, into positions of power so that we can get our, uh, our agenda moved forward and help them. So it's nothing new, but the fact that this now has expanded and what we thought was a meeting with four people in it is now eight people. It's a little disturbing and a little, a little unsettling for me. I really want this president to succeed because I want the agenda of conservatives to continue. If there's another Supreme Court retirement, which hopefully there will be at least one, it would be great to have a conservative added to the court, another conservative added to the court. But do you think they're going to give Donald Trump an easy pass? If another, the Senate's going to be, the, the Democrats are going to be just tough as hell. They're already salivating over this one. So 
very frustrating, very irritating, very disturbing. I'm, I'm not happy about it. I'm really not happy about it. So uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep watching this. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, next week, I assume we're going to have Donald Jr. testifying in front of some of the intelligence hearings. And I'm sure um, Robert Mueller is digging in deep. Digging in deep uh, in, on this whole story now, too. So it, this is going to go on forever. Maybe we all need to take under advisement what Glenn Beck said this morning and get everybody to call your representatives and your senators and say, get to work. I want a tax cut. And you need to do it in red states because I'm here in a very blue state. And if I call Chris Coons and Carper and Lisa Blunt Richardson and say, cut my taxes, they're going to laugh. So I need you guys in your red states to take care of business. Now, speaking of taking care of business, we talked, we talked earlier this week about California and I railed against California. Yes, something new, I know, me railing against California. But uh, this one covers a lot of different states and a lot of different places. And this is, again, a, um, a little bit of data about where we're putting our money and what priorities we're, we're actually highlighting. Because you put your money where your mouth is. You put your money where your priorities are. And in the case of, of public universities, there are positions that are, are taking money and i think they're being uh, overpaid let's just put it that way there there are professors according to a 2016 report by the american association of university professors the average professor all across the country earns just under $80,000 a year decent living right rutgers university the um, vice chancellor to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion is a guy named Jorge Scament. Now, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think he's making? The vice chancellor to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. He's not teaching anyone. He's the vice chancellor to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Sounds like a Soviet-era position. Sounds like a BS job, doesn't it? Oh, I'm in charge of diversity and inclusion. I make sure we have safe spaces. That's not exactly part of his job title. But the, let, me, let me just let you speculate. In 2016, the faculty at Rutgers made less than $50,000 a year. Most of the faculty at Rutgers University earned less than $50,000 a year. The, the tenured professors at Rutgers made more. They made $121,000 a year. So they did okay. If you're a tenured professor at Rutgers, you're making one dollars grand a year. Pretty good, right? Pretty good for a gig that you don't work 12 months out of the year. Not a bad job. And especially as a tenured professor, you can't get fired. You know, you pretty much have to shoot the Pope live on TV to get fired from a tenured professor position. And even then, I, I, I don't think it's slam dunk. But the, the gentleman, Jorge Scament, 
the vice chancellor of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, in 2016, he was paid $253,262. How about that, right? The Office of Diversity and Inclusion pays more than double what a tenured professor averages at Rutgers University. Do we, do we really think this is money well spent? Do we, do we really believe that? There's a, a new study out, and I have to give credit to the Daily Caller for putting the stats together on this. 43 of America's top public universities, salaries at 43 of America's top public universities, finds that the, the diversity administrators, in other words, the people who have Dr. Dr. Skament's job or Vice Chancellor Skament's job, diversity administrators, they are paid at least $100,000 a year, and there are many that actually go beyond Three hundred grand a year. The average salary of somebody who holds down the role of a diversity administrator. I want you to wrap your head around this. We're not talking about making sure somebody actually studies. We're not talking about teaching critical thinking. We're talking about the the minister of safe spaces, as it were. The average salary is a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year which is more than three times the average American salary. $175,000 a year is the average amount of money paid to a diversity administrator. At These are not private universities. These are public universities. What are we doing, America? I'll tell you what we're not doing. We're not paying attention. We're not, we're not paying attention and we're not saying... Jesus, what are we doing? And if if nobody's paying attention, I'm telling you, one of the great jobs would be a diversity chief. And who who are and what qualifies you to be a diversity chief? What qualifies you to be the diversity czar at a major university? The average salary is $175,000 a year for the diversity chief. Now, the average household income in America is $44,000 a year. So that's triple what the average household income. At the University of Tennessee and the University of Maine, there apparently is no official diversity officer or no senior ranking uh, position for overseeing that area. I wonder if that means there's an opening there. Maybe you want to send your resume there and say, look, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to hold the, the position of diversity czar at your school, and I'll do it for the discounted rate of $200,000 a year because, as we all know, University of Virginia has one of these people, the chief officer of diversity and equity, earns $349,000 a year. And so $200,000 a year... To be at the University of Tennessee or University of Maine, that's a bargain. You guys should hire me today. How about the University of Texas at Austin? UT Austin has a vice president for diversity and engagement. 
That guy pulls in $331,000 a year, and Texas is a state with no state income tax. Un-be-freaking-leavable. I'm just telling you, we are not paying attention. These are public universities. These are taxpayer dollars being shoved into a bonfire. Diversity. It, it should be the, the university's job to, to marshal uh, its attention into making sure that it is diverse and equitable. And you just wonder what these job descriptions are. You just have to wonder. But just when you think, just when you think uh, that, that it couldn't get dumber, it's getting dumber. And these Mercedes Maoists, these people who live in, in these university communities who are sheltered from the rest of the world and don't have a dose of reality anywhere in their lives, need a wake-up call. We need an absolute wake-up call. I got, I got to take a break. I, this just, I, I know I'm infuriated by this. The diversity head at a university making $349,000 a year. It's criminal. Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Podcasts that make you think, what if? Amsterdam prickly seeded. It's a fall variety. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'd like to say an omnia paratus. I just want to put that out there. And I also want to remind you, relief is something you need to consider. If you are like me, if you have aches and pains in your joints that are caused by uh, inflammation, if you have, um, for, as I did with my knees and my hips from uh, running and doing marathons in my youth and all that training, all the half marathons you run and all the 10Ks, etc., it beats up your body and it causes inflammation. Well, the over-the-counter meds and the prescription meds might deal with the pain, but they don't deal with the inflammation. So I started taking an all-natural anti-inflammatory known as Relief Factor back in early April. Eight days after I started, I didn't need that handful of green gel caps I was taking virtually every day, eight per day on average. It got to be expensive too, and I also worried about my health. What was I putting in my system? So I switched to all-natural relief factor. Uh, thank you, Brad Staggs. And eight days into it, as I've said, the pain is substantially gone. And I'm playing more golf. I'm out walking the new dog. I, I'm, I'm working in the garden. I'm getting up and down from being on my knees digging in the garden. And I don't have... Well, I don't have to worry when I get up in the morning that I'm going to feel like, oh, every step is going to be painful. So do what I did. Go to relieffactor.com. Check out relieffactor.com uh, or call them right now, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Get the three-week quick start pack. 
It's pre-measured. It's fish oil and turmeric and spices that work to reduce the inflammation and then the pain dissipates. I keep the packs in my computer bag so I can take them at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's so easy and it works for me. Relief Factor. Check it out. Oh, boy. I wanted to end Friday with a bunch of uh, happy stories, but um, some stories that are ticking me off, like the diversity czar story. I, the, public university spending all that money, all your money, all my money. And I'll try and find one more really good one before we get out of here. But I have, I have another one. Do I go to the one from... We were talking about Donald Trump Jr. and now the fact... There is this uh, drip, 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 drip of, of news about who was in the meeting. So what are the Democrats doing today? Well, they have taken to the House floor to read Donald Trump's emails. Yes, this is what this is what your tax dollars are paying for in Washington, D.C. Ruben Gallega of uh, Arizona and Ted Lieu of California took turns standing up and reading out emails that that the president's son released on Monday, criticizing him for agreeing to take the meeting, knowing that the lawyer was uh, interested in giving him dirt about Hillary Clinton. Yeah, we know that. And and they also had blow ups, gigantic blow ups of Time magazine with Donald Trump Jr. on it and the words red handed. So. Dana Rohrabacher, a Republican from California, asked a few times to join the discussion, but they wouldn't let him in. After they got off, Rohrabacher took the floor and said Democrats are using sinister-sounding descriptions of Trump Jr.'s contacts with Russia. That may be the case, but the Trumps need to come clean on this, or this is just going to be death by a thousand email paper cuts. There may be nothing there, but we need to know everything in order to know that it was nothing. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is, um, it, it's, gosh, I can't believe the show is flying by. It's, it's near the, the last half hours upon us. The day, the day was but a puppy when we started here at noon. And I wanted to get through so much. By the way, there is a vital question of the day posted on my Twitter account. And it's all about the people who got upset with President Trump telling Brigitte Macron that she's in good shape and that she's beautiful. And it, you know, not exactly presidential, but is it the end of the world, feminists, feminists who are all upset about it? Aren't there bigger things to be upset about? Seriously. But th- there it is. And most of you agree. Uh, you're not outraged by it. But there are a small group who are outraged and they want to be outraged about something almost every day. And they'll find something to be outraged about. So I try to find something not to be outraged about. Like there's good news tonight. 
Uh, I watch this show Live PD. If you haven't seen it, it's on A&E. Yes, the Arts and Entertainment Channel, the channel that when it first started used to show opera and ballet. I know, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? But it's a great show, and uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a live reality show that has cameras in at least six cities in cop cars, and they cover life. That's all I'm going to say. Last week, there was the remarkable scene that they captured live after a guy ran from police driving 95 miles an hour at some parts of, of the chase on these country roads. And he turned a corner and trying to evade and rolled the car. And as he got out, he was holding a small child like a human shield as he had a conflict with an officer. It was one of the more gripping, frightening things ever. And that officer, that officer from South Carolina managed to get the child away from him and into the safety. Thank God one of the camera crew went over and took the little child and wrestled the guy to the ground. But as we're watching this unfold live on TV, I think many of us were saying, oh my God, dear God, save the kid, take care of the kid and make sure the officer's safe. It seemed to take forever for backup to get to him, about a minute and a half of struggling. And in that time, as we're watching this live on television, most of us, many of us saw that the perp, that's police talk, the perp reached into his left pants pocket when the cop was looking the other way and took out a bag of something and shoved it in his mouth. He was swallowing drugs. And the, the really interesting thing about this show is it's interactive. You can send him a hashtag message. And if you, if you look at the hashtag live PD from last Saturday night, you can see, or was it Friday night? One of the nights, you can see the thousands of people who are writing going, he took something out of his pocket and swallowed it. It's just amazing. It's a fascinating show. They've been renewed for a second season. And I don't know why they wouldn't be. It's, it's captivating. Even, even the simple traffic stops are captivating. But you get to see what, what the real men and women of law enforcement have to deal with in real time because it's it's both frustrating and exhilarating so uh if if you're so inclined you might and if well what i guess what i'm really saying is if you have no life and you're at home on saturday nights and friday nights nine to midnight it is um it's anything can happen night those of you who remember the old disney television show the Mickey Mouse Club, Wednesdays were anything can happen day. But on live PD, it's Friday nights and Saturday nights. Uh, now, in the, in the teaser for the show, I mentioned we were going to, um, we're going to talk about Cash for Clunkers being a total failure. We were worried about Cash for Clunkers. Do you remember it? It was the Obama administration basically saying if you had a car over a certain age, you weren't going to be allowed to drive it. You were going to have you were going to get paid for it and we were going to junk them. The car dealers who you brought them to were going to get a government payout and it was a healthy payout. And then they were supposed to wreck the engines and then scrap them. This would take a gigantic number of used cars off the market and would effectively drive the prices of used cars higher, which it did. 
But the Foundation for Economic Education says uh, they found that cash for clunkers was, quote, a failure even by Keynesian standards, close quote. Even the initial assessment was there was no long-term impact. That was wrong. There was impact, according to the, the economists who've looked at this, at least three economists who've done the, uh, the figuring out on this one. They said the impact was negative. Consumer spending on vehicles in the absence of the program would have been $4 billion higher than the actual spending. So cash for clunkers effectively penalized the economy by $4 billion. The, um, the, the results are being called the trifecta of Obamanomics. The, this is from, as I said, from Daniel Mitchell at the Foundation for Economic Education. The trifecta of Obamanomics. And what does he mean? Bad fiscal policy, bad economic policy, and ultimately, and this is the irony of all, this is the juxtaprogressive irony of all, bad environmental policy. So not only did we screw up the, uh, the economy with cash for clunkers, we screwed up the planet. Well done, progressives. Well done. Good for you. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot believe it, right? I can't believe it, but there it is. Before I get out of here, I have um, a couple of a couple of stories from the strange news department that we have to get to. And then there may be an inspirational story that I want to close the show with, but I'm trying to verify it. Uh, if you've seen my Twitter feed, uh, yes, microaggressor uh, Ernesto sent me that same story earlier, and I have a question about it. I'm I'm double checking to make sure it's legitimate. And I have actually uh, done some, I'm, I know I'm speaking in vagaries here, but it all will be revealed in the last break. But, uh, it, but I'll get to that after a little bit of weird news. First of all, there's got to be a special place in hell for people who cheat bake sales for a high school band trying to get to Disney World. You've got a high school band from Rancho Cotate in California. And if I mispronounce Cotate, it might be Cotate. Who knows? Rancho Cotate in uh, California. The high school marching band wants to go to Disney World. So what did they do? They did some good old American fundraising. They held a bake sale. A woman showed up and she wanted to buy $20 worth of goodies from the bake sale. It's probably a substantial amount of goodies from this high school bake sale. And uh, she gave him a hundred dollar bill and got $80 and change and then took off. The hundred dollar bill was counterfeit. So guess what? The school ended up getting screwed out of 20 bucks because the police are going to confiscate the hundred dollar bill Let's hope the bake sale was successful enough to get them to California. But the, uh, the wonderful thing about the bake sale, it was held in an area where there were surveillance cameras. So the police are now hot on the trail of the bakery bandit and her counterfeit cash. And now this one, this one, I wonder uh, if do, do we put this under the area of you're not helping mom, you're not helping 
An Idaho woman was arrested after she stole the placenta and umbilical cord from the room where her daughter had just given birth. Okay, um, that little statement just makes you think, wait, what? Rhiannon Stoneham thought her daughter had used drugs during her pregnancy. And apparently uh, she was worried that the doctors and police would uh, suspect this too and probably had her under observation for such. And so uh, she didn't want them to take the placenta and umbilical cord and test it because that would prove that there were drugs in the baby's system. Um, Ms. Stoneham, uh, that's a fail. You get a fail, Mom. Not a good idea. I know you would do anything to protect your daughter, but uh, maybe the tough love situation is going to be uh, <laughs> the best situation here. Stoneham was charged with felony destruction of evidence, and I'm guessing that means there were drugs found in the placenta and the umbilical cord. And maybe mom and daughter and new baby will get to share a cell in Idaho in prison. At some point, a parent has to draw the line. And I understand mom was just trying to help out. But this is one of the best examples I've seen of not helping. Michael Pelka on Pure Old Pelka. We'll be back to wrap up today's show. Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, wrapping up uh, today and the show. But don't forget, tomorrow morning we will be here. Tomorrow morning we will be here. Uh, Also, don't forget, uh, you have an opportunity right now to do something smart for your family. If you're like me, you're looking for life insurance, which I am in the process right now, trying to get a really good policy at a great rate from a major carrier. Well, thank God we have a new sponsor that's involved in that process. I'm talking about healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. Health IQ uses science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people like you, like me, cyclists, runners, strength trainers. If you're just healthy, if you eat better, your consciousness to your health can make a difference in the rate you get from an insurance company. I'm looking for a gigantic policy just so everybody will be comfortable at a great rate. And I, I got the free quote. You should do the same thing. Uh, go to healthiq.com slash blaze. Take the quiz and then sign up and they'll call you. And you have a short call with them. And then if, if you qualify and you like the rates, then they set you up for that mini physical. It's so easy and it makes so much sense. And it should have been done years ago, but the people from Health IQ figured it out. They're the ones who said to these insurance companies, science and data should dictate the rates of life insurance. And the insurance companies didn't buy it initially. And then after years of showing them the data, 
They got it done. They've helped thousands of people. I hope they help me. I'm almost over the finish line. I'll tell you next week. But if you want to find out, get a free quote for yourself. Check it out. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. Get your free quote today. Before we get out of here today, I, I was looking for something, uh, a, an inspirational story. And in, in our area here, just outside of Philadelphia, we're in Delaware, you know, pretty close. Um, there was the horrible story of the four young men whose lives were taken in a drug deal and cut short by another young man, the dealer. It's just a, a terrible situation. These families are now bereft and, and they have to deal with it and go forward. And there are, no, there are no answers for them. You can just send comfort and prayers. And then there is something you may be able to do to help an Army veteran who's in the last stages of his life. The story is on ArizonaCentral.com. I'll tweet out a link to it. And I got a note from Ernesto, our buddy at Nerdnesto, about an Army vet named Lee Hernandez. He's in hospice care in New Bravos, Texas. He's not well. He's 47 years old, and doctors don't know why his body is doing this. They haven't pinpointed the cause for his illness. And as he was kind of in the last few stages of his life, he said, I, I really feel like I'm all alone. And he, he told his wife, I guess nobody wants to talk to me. So the Internet responded. And the Arizona Veterans Forum posted his last wish on Facebook. He started getting an influx of calls. And while nothing's really going to save Lee's life, this is going to help him on his final, final few hours here, his final few days. I'll post a link to the article. I couldn't get through on the voicemail because so many have responded and tried to send messages. His wife is playing them for him. And... Uh, the ideal time is between 2 and 6 p.m. Arizona time, so we are within that window. That's when Lee is alert despite his heavy pain medication. As I said, I'll tweet out a link to it. Read the story. You want to send him a text message? You want to try and send him a voice message? I think that would be a nice thing. I think it's the least we can do for somebody who served this country. Too young to die at 47 years old. Lee Hernandez, we thank you for your service. We pray and we send you our support, not just for you, but for your family. Join me tomorrow morning. I'll be here at 6 a.m. live on the Blaze Radio Network. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.